I was just going to say that I would like to set some clear expectations for the listeners of this podcast. That you've had Father Anne on, you've had theologians, like people who have done their research and are in it. And then there's me. And there's us. Our research is that we just grew up Catholic. That's what you're here to talk about. It is really fun just to talk you and me stuff, but it's been exciting to have guests. The thing is, we're looking for guests who have a point of view about Catholicism. We're looking at people who I feel like that's a big part of their lives, but like so many people were raised Catholic and that's not their like central. I'm not going to find them by searching, you know, hashtag lapse Catholic. I would not have put that on anything I ever. It's just people. If there's so many comedians, so many writers. So many actors who I feel like, oh, yeah, I was raised Catholic. And you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And frankly, if you knew too much, I wouldn't believe you were raised Catholic. Like, <laughs> like the Bible. The thing about being raised Catholic, we don't know anything. <laughs> this is true. I feel like, Stephanie, I know you went to catechism, right? Or you call it CCD. CCD, yeah. CCD. Catechism always felt very official. Okay, wait, guys, wait. Wait, Before she's watching. We she start. Stop. We okay, need yes, to yes. introduce Matthew for real. Yeah. Okay, let's do we it. Need let's to do, do our it. intro. Okay. I'm Ann McNamee Keels. And I'm Stephanie Shavera. And this is Lapsed, a podcast about growing up Catholic. And today we have a very special guest. So special. <laughs> we have Matthew Scott. Um, the crowd goes wild. <laughs> the crowd loses it. No, they don't. We have known Matthew, well, when we all sort of met each other, Matthew and I met doing a play together. Mm-hmm. Grossly had to kiss in it. Ugh. Don't even. <laughs> Did you? No. I didn't know that. I wasn't around yet for that. But it's odd because, in fact, you two could totally pass for siblings. So it's, I know this you is could be cast world. as siblings. So that would be yeah. that is that's extra very weird. strange. But it, the play took place at, in a concentration camp. So yeah. just some lighthearted theater for young audiences. Two little Catholic kids playing against our types, I suppose. That's a whole conversation as well that's a about whole casting. That is a, that's a casting conversation I feel like is only just happening. It's like, yes. when are Jewish when, people cast as Jewish and when are they not? When the, when right. the leading lady is Jewish, often not is what right. I'm finding. Anyway. Well, it's also weird. We're so sidetracking already. I'm sorry. This is just the this energy is what I we bring. do. That's how it goes. But it's also weird. Like, this is what I still get called in for where I'm like, mm. That's not my place. No. On the one hand, but it's also like the only way I'm ever seen by anybody. So it feels mm. gross. Do you remember yeah. the first read through, Matthew? We got to the point where I was supposed to do the blessing, I think over the bread. Was it the bread or the candles? I can't remember. It was like a Baruch Asad and I. And mm-hmm. we got to it and I was like, and I'll learn what this is when I learn it. <laughs> And the, yeah. our director, who Anne knows, turned to me and was like, you don't know this? And I said, no. He goes, you're not Jewish? And I said, no. And he's like, but this also wasn't part of the casting pro. I don't know what to say to you. Am I fired? Well, then at some point halfway through rehearsal process, the director was like, how many of you are Jewish? And one person raised their hand and we were all like, 
Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> there is something that has shifted because I think it used to feel like, oh no, is it taboo to put that in a casting call? Which is right. And then now mm-hmm. there are conversations happening. Of, you can put like, we are actively seeking people with Jewish identity, you know? Right. Yeah. I feel like it was people are almost afraid that somehow that would be a problem or looked badly. Sure. But I think we were all together when Anne brought up the moment. We were at the camp, camping in Wisconsin. Matthew was not there for that. He wasn't? No. So did no. I just tell you he was Catholic? I don't know. I don't know if I knew he was Catholic. I think I guessed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So you read Catholic to Anne. I mean, it's like takes one to no one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I knew, but at one point, I <laughs> don't you think I it. asked you. Yeah, I think I just had a sense. Maybe it had come up randomly, but I don't remember a specific moment where I learned that you grew up Catholic. I think we knew. I mean, to sum up for our listeners, Stephanie <laughs> and I did this play together, and then we all started as teaching artists at a theater company in Chicago. So that's where we all three were working together. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think maybe we talked about it like, when we first met, we met at like the, not the library downtown. Remember we met somewhere across from Millennium Park? Like what's across from what? the What? Oh, from the yeah. cultural center? Yes, the cultural oh. center. The Chicago cultural center? We like walked around there and did some like lesson planning and I don't know what, but I think it maybe came up there. Wait, that was with me? Yeah. <laughs> Do I even remember <laughs> No, that? it's fine. It's fine. I, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> Actually, now that you say it, it is kind of coming back to me. Oh, that's interesting. So I'm glad you remember when we talked about yeah. it. Yeah. No, yeah, it's fine. I'm glad you don't remember so that I can remind you. <laughs> it's fine. But I don't think, even though I know you're Catholic and I, I don't know, we've been friends forever, it feels like, I don't think we've ever actually talked about you and your Catholic upbringing or however Catholicism played a part in your life at all. Yeah, that, I mean, here we are. It was just like there, we acknowledged it and we're like, and yeah, that's right. And that is the thing, right? Sometimes it's just like, oh, you were raised Catholic, me too. But you don't, I mean, how often do you sit and like talk with someone about yeah. what that experience was like or even just even think through it yourself? I mean, yes, to both of those. And I think now in my 30s, it's not like when people are like, how do you identify Catholic is not on the list no. of things. I wouldn't even think to say lapsed Catholic because I feel so far removed from all of it. Yeah. But I guess we can just dive in, right? Yeah, start from the start. I want your whole timeline of your entire life. <laughs> no pressure. Right. Did you read this this beautiful question Anne wrote? What was the religious landscape of your childhood? I may I have it. a little bit lifted that from Krista Tippett and on being hey it's a perfect person to lift from a similar question at the start of her interviews but it's such a good question it is i mean it's open-ended enough anyways (laughs) great question (laughs) my mom's side of the family grew up catholic and they're all mexican and catholic and grew up in detroit my great-grandparents are from mexico my dad is all kinds of white and Episcopalian. (laughs) I never knew what Episcopalian was because my parents divorced when I was like three or four. And then I lived with my mom and dad was every other weekend. My mom put us in Catholic school, I think partly because that's how she grew up Mm -hmm. and partly because she wanted us to have smaller class sizes. So the biggest my class was in grade school was like 22 people. And now classes are so big, like we know from teaching schools, yeah, that they can get 
wild. Yes. Although that's also a big divide. I mean, my son's class currently, I think it's low right now, but it's only 16 kids in his first grade class. I know that if I crossed Austin Boulevard into Chicago, into one of the lowest income parts of Chicago, it's Mm -hmm. probably around 33 or something. Yeah. Do you think some of that has to do with pandemic times too? I think it's a little lower because of pandemic times. I think there was an exodus last year of families going to private schools, a lot of them Catholic, or there's a couple other options around here. But some of it is just, I mean, that's a whole other subject. I mean, yeah. Education inequity in Catholic schools, I think, is actually a really interesting subject. Oh, we should get into that someday. That we should at some point. There's also a thing of like the bang for your buck in the suburbs versus the city of Chicago and how there are very few white kids even in Chicago public schools because a lot of white families choose Catholic school. So anyway. How long were you in Catholic school? I went from first grade all the way through 12th grade. I don't think I knew that. It's a lot of Catholic school. You're on team Catholic school. Sorry, Steph. Big time. (laughs) Yeah, you win. I know. I'm out. So yeah, first grade through 12th grade, my first communion and confirmation were together. What? In the same ceremony. How old were you? Second grade. Confirmed in second grade. Yes, which in my mind, it's like that's when you become an adult in the Catholic Church, right? Right. Yeah, that's your rite of passage. In your tiny little suit when you're seven years old. Yes. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And I had to pick a confirmation name. And I was like, oh, this seems crazy to me. What did you pick? Did you pick Thomas? No, I put zero thought into it. It was Luke because I was like, okay, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that I can think of off the top of my head. My first name's Matthew. Mark is another M. I don't want that. Luke. Oh, that sounds good. And then I just stopped there. And that was it. And I told my mom, and she's like, okay, I appreciate great. the utilitarian nature of that. Like, get it done. Yeah. Don't overthink it. No thought. Yeah. So that was wild to me. But then we, my mom ended up remarrying and we moved to a different smaller town and went to a different smaller school catholic but it was like the church the rectory the middle school the high school all on one block and then like one lonely house on the corner that like belonged <laughs> like somebody just lived there they're just like smoking like, what yeah, like who, do, who do these people think they are <laughs> lining up on my sidewalk every sunday um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. If at any point you regret having me on, we can just abort mission. I am feeling the outnet <laughs> right now. This is as exciting as it's been. Perfect. So cut to then years of Catholic school, but then eighth grade when normal Catholic humans are getting confirmed. <laughs> I just like sat through You were already confirmed. Religion classes like dedicated to confirmation. Yeah. I was like I remember them saying like confirmation is coming up, whatever, and I was like what am I supposed I'm just like <laughs> I've been an adult for years yeah these children over here these chumps now you're pulling out the, <laughs> the pack of smokes <laughs> I don't know who do they think they are I become the neighbor <laughs> the two of you smoking <laughs> who do these kids think they are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then I distinctly uh, remember the workbook because the teacher handed out the workbook and she's like well you can just do the workbook but I feel like I still had my workbook from second grade there's like a confirmation workbook did you guys have it oh like, I don't remember i mean i'm sure there was one but i don't remember it it was like metallic silver and like a cross hatched textured cover 
course and you it had like that. some like navy blue emblem in the bottom left corner I, <laughs> I just want to point out then we when we talked to Matthew about this podcast he said I remember nothing about Catholic <laughs> school <laughs> But he here's the like thing. recreating the workbook. No. The sensory work here is really detailed. The visuals, <laughs> the visuals I've got, the content, I don't know what the F was in, what was that in the book, but he's like, it felt really nice to touch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Maybe I've completely made that up. So, Anna, I don't possible. know what you're Googling over there. I believe you. I don't know what you're Googling over there. <laughs> I'm looking up if there's a confirmation workbook. I'm sh- hopefully, they've changed the graphics for- from the time we grew up, but I'm just totally. curious if I happen to see it. No, I don't see that. There's a lot of options, honestly. I swear that's what it looked like. And maybe I've just, that's revisionist history and I've rewrote it in my head. I like it. I buy it. But so I think I had that workbook still from second grade. So I just like filled all that information out again, like fully just copied it from like my eighth grade self, (laughs) copying my second grade self. Like my thoughts have advanced, not at all. My concepts of these yeah. teachings. It's the basically, same. I still know the same amount after how many years of Catholic school. Right. And then I think maybe I went to church on the day that the class was confirmed. Is like To support them? Good luck out on. there, kids. <laughs> <laughs> that voice has got to stop. No, um, no I need to keep coming back. But that's all I remember. I And then I do remember. And that's all I remember. <laughs> End of podcast. Nice having you on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. There's going to be so much cutting. This is, no, I'm cutting none of it. <laughs> that's even better. Perfect. <laughs> Just let the people know how I really am. <laughs> So, confirmation. Yes, get me back on track. Oh, there was the choice in eighth grade of like, are you going to go to the Catholic school next door or are you going to go across town to the public school? And I think my eighth grade class was pretty split. My brother had is three years older than me. He went to Catholic school. I don't know if he really had a choice or if it was just like, this is where you're going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the situation was there because I feel like in retrospect, like he wouldn't have chosen Catholic school yeah. for high school, but he was there. And then my stepsister, who's a year older than me, went across town with the public school kids. All the way across the tracks. A Catholic and a public, all in the same household. And then I ended up going to Catholic school, obviously. So you chose Catholic school? Yes, but I think it was because my closer eighth grade friends were going there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a smaller school, and my class was 22 kids, I think, or 23. So going to a public school seemed too much for me. Yeah. But the high school, my graduating class was 53 people. Oh, wow. Which is so tiny. That's super tiny. But I liked it for, like, the arts part (laughs) because I found theater people there and the woman who ran the program became a second mother to me and I got to do like the sets and lights and some costuming and oh nice helping her direct and then being in the shows like I never would have had that in a public school yeah well and in a big school I mean it sounds like the size alone was so small and yeah there's things along the way too I never felt like I was a part of the Catholic Church. Like, as soon as someone was like, you're about to be an adult 
in the Catholic Church in second grade, I was like, this seems crazy. It was like yeah. seven-year-old me. <laughs> like, that doesn't, that seems wild. And my family never went to church outside of, like I just went with my class. We never went on Sundays. Oh, you didn't go on Sundays? Absolutely not. So I th- have like a few vague memories of going on Christmas, like midnight mass when I was really mm-hmm. little. And then somewhere in maybe high school, we went like once, but that's it. But I distinctly remember in second grade being like, this is, seems weird. And sitting through the first communion and confirmation ceremony combined. I don't know if it's budget cuts or what, but <laughs> it was on one thing. Rough times at St. <laughs> Germain. Oh, we had a St. Germain around me too. Yeah. St. Germain was first. Holy Cross was my second okay. one. Um, I always think of elderflower liqueur when I hear St. Germain. So do I that? now. Yeah. Oh, now <laughs> I don't think I've had that, but now it's I want really to try good. It. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I guess it is a saint too. Didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yeah. so you, your mom? I so your mom didn't really practice Catholicism. If by practice you mean go to church, then no. <laughs> but she like, didn't go to church. Like, wasn't like an at home. You think she believed, or was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was just she was a single mom. So yeah, a lot and, like, going on. on Sundays was like, I gotta make I gotta make these kids <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> he was the neighbor. She lived she, in the I house. Was, I was <laughs> Big reveal. Yeah, it's all coming together. Um, this is so dumb. But yeah, we didn't go. I feel like I knew families like that and I wished that was my family. <laughs> yeah. Like families where I would sleep over on a Saturday and then Sunday they would just be like, yeah, so what do you guys want to do? Bake some pancakes. Yeah. And I was like, there's no, we don't have to get dressed. We don't have to go. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Great. Not going to say anything. Yeah. It was like getting up and having breakfast. No church. Yeah. I don't know. It was just on Christmas and maybe sometimes Easter we went like once or twice and I was like please don't make me sit through those stations of the cross again oh my god oh, oh Easter is a very <laughs> intense for what is that is that good Holy Thursday Good Friday Holy Thursday I think, I think yeah is when yeah. they do the stations of the yeah. cross and then sometimes on Easter they like all of a sudden surprise you with like adult baptisms or something and you're like no it's so oh, yeah. long already. Yeah. I actually think now that we're talking about it, I think I didn't mind Stations of the Cross because it got me out of class. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can just zone out. That's true. And not, like, I just, I needed to move as a That's true. Kid. The Holy and Days of Obligation, you, like, get to miss some class because everyone oh. goes to Mass instead. Yeah, at least then I could, like, sit and stand and kneel over and over and over <laughs> and not have to just be expected to sit and pay attention and stare at the chalkboard and pretend like I'm interested. That's true. <laughs> For sensory-seeking folks who need to move their bodies, mass might be great because there's so much calisthenics involved. There you go. It's so true. But I remember in the next moment, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Was This is a horrible story, but my mom and stepsister and I were in a very bad car accident driving home from my grandparents, and it was a snowy night like a week or two before Thanksgiving and I was in fourth grade so we had just moved it was like the first winter we moved to that new house and moved to switch schools and everything and to get from the highway to my 
tiny little town in Michigan, there's like this long, dark, unlit road. And we were on that road and it was so snowy. And we hid in black icy patch mm-hmm. and veered across the road. And it's like ditch on either side and just flew into a ditch. Oh my gosh. And I was in the front seat and my stepsister was in the back seat. I remember like the car veering to the right. So in my mind, we were like on the right side of the road. Then my mom tried to like correct and we flew across this two lane road over the ditch, hit a tree and then airbags went off, whatever. But I thought I flew through the windshield. Like I just thought I was outside, but it was just cold because the windshield had shattered Mm. and the airbags are not soft and fluffy as (laughs) one would hope they would be if you ever have to experience it. They hurt. Oh, yeah. And I had extreme rug burn on my forehead and nose, like just scabby. But I remember thinking like, I'm outside and I realized like, oh, this is an airbag. It was like smoky, powdery, whatever. And then I looked over and saw my mom and she, her face was a collapse. So her occipital bone, like, which is the bone that I believe I'm not a doctor, (laughs) supports your eye inside Mm -hmm. your skull shattered so her eyeball was like down this is horrible (laughs) trigger warning but seeing that and she was out of it and just like collapsed face i was immediately bawling seeing that and freaking out yeah and my gut reaction was just pray just Mm. pray but praying then was like please god please god please keep my mom alive yeah yeah whatever like it wasn't like a formal prayer you know no and then I felt my stepsister shaking on the on my seat, the front seat, saying, get help. But I could not, like, it wasn't even, my body wouldn't let me leave my mom. Right. <laughs> and sh- her jo- door was jammed. So I felt oh her gosh. crawling over me and getting out. Oh, wow. And I stayed with my mom and I was, like, screaming and crying. And my mom just goes, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> She is the neighbor with the cigarette. She yeah, is. Yes, she is. Oh, shut you kids. <laughs> shut up. Um, <laughs> oh. She doesn't go shut up. Probably because it was just a lot for her. Yeah. But it was just like, I thought surely she was dead because there was no movement. And then just oh. like, mummy, shut up. <laughs> and then my stepsister ended up getting somebody in... Uh, he ran to the gas station because not everybody had cell phones at that right, time and yeah. called 911 and whatever. But I remember thinking in that moment of like, please God, please God, thinking like, this isn't going to work. Mm. Like, this isn't going to do anything. You knew. Yeah. But like physically, I was paralyzed in fear and couldn't move. And I remember thinking like, my stepsister is doing the work. She's going to get somebody. That seemed like the practical thing, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> to go get help. But that is such a clear moment in my mind of, in terms of, one, car accident, but two, like, just that thought of, like, this prayer isn't going to help my mom. Yeah. In this moment. Like, she needs an ambulance. She needs oxygen. She needs blood wiped off her face. Mm-hmm. Would you say, like, you realized you didn't believe at that moment or was that even like a way you could process it 
like, I don't believe somebody's going to help or this is useless. I think in that moment it was like, this isn't the thing that's going to work. This isn't going to help anything right now. But then moving forward throughout like religion classes in a Catholic school, the rest of my life was like, made me look at it through that lens of like, what does that do in that moment? Like in those times of desperation, and maybe that's an extreme circumstance or like a way of finding a calm and centering yourself for some people or a meditation for some people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I remember that being a moment, but there was never like an official moment where I was like, this is crazy. It was just kind of not, this is crazy. is isn't like crazy people, but it just it never clicked for me in terms of none of this makes sense. And then in high school, when I felt like coming into myself, I knew at a very early age that I was gay too. And I knew it didn't tell anybody. There was nobody in school in terms of an authority figure a teacher saying like gay people are bad or gay people are not a part of the Catholic church or anything. It was always from classmates. And I don't even think that was necessarily a religious thing. It was probably just this kid seems different. Like other people were calling me gay before I even knew what gay was in grade school. But it was a thing that like, yeah, I know I'm gay. I know this is a thing I am. That makes total sense to me, but it doesn't make sense that God created the world in seven days. And some people say like it was seven days and other teachers are like, Oh no, it's it's a story with a bigger idea behind it. Where it's like, okay, well, I know that I'm gay, and that makes sense to me. And what you're saying, sister, whoever, does not make sense to me. So I never felt like any sort of conflict between sexuality and religion because I was like, this is a thing I know. Right. Yeah. And this other thing. The other stuff okay. is all confusing. Yeah. Yeah, and nobody really has any answers. Right. Like, questions are good, but don't ask the questions <laughs> in religion class because the teacher gets big eyes and doesn't know how to answer them. <laughs> I don't know. I remember in a world religions class, which was really just like Christianity around the world. It wasn't like world of all world religions. <laughs> yeah. Taught by Sister Janet. Sister Janet. See, I had world religions, and I feel like, well, I don't feel like it was perfect, but we did cover some other stuff. So, but I feel like we yeah. got pushed back for it. And actually, like, I feel like the school was under a microscope about it. It's like, why are you telling them Hinduism is a thing? Don't tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But that's fine. Well, at least you learned about other denominations. I don't know. <laughs> to step I think up. so. But I, at that point, I think I was already checked out. Or I was like, well, I don't, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember every class would start with a prayer. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to do it. And she would call a different person to lead every day. And I, can you believe that I was like a chatty person and would get in trouble for talking? No, <laughs> never. I would just kind of like try to make people laugh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. When they're trying to like say a serious prayer and I would get called out about that all the time and it's like I'm trying (laughs) to hone my comedic timing (laughs) please give me my space this is my gift listen we can use a little more levity I mean if you heard a priest try to tell a joke as part of their homily I would say one out of 10 times it is okay but there have been some rough ones Okay, I feel like in one of the podcasts, maybe it was you, Stephanie, that said, like, you checked out in the homilies, or was that you? I did. I didn't pay attention. The homilies are truly the only place that I paid attention. (laughs) Yeah, it's when they finally, when they go off the script and there's, like, some kind of analysis or, like, a story. If it's good, 
it can actually be decent. It's a big storytelling if it's done well. We did have a priest that came in. He was a great storyteller. And he was like, our one priest was like an older white man. And just, I think, was tired. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> he just yeah. needed a break. I think he went to a yeah. different parish, but then a younger one came in. And he had some energy and was a really good storyteller. So I was like, okay, I can pay attention to this. The other like robotic stuff is I zone out and get in trouble. Like I had to always put gum in my mouth. I had to chew gum to stay awake. And then I would get in trouble for chewing gum. And it's like, do you want me to chew gum or do you want me to be asleep? Yeah, these are my options. <laughs> yeah. So then I'd get detention and just clean desks for chewing gum. Anyways, the storytelling was like the part of a homily that I liked. Yeah, you must have had better priests than I did. I had boring ones. As a child, I remember you could hear at the start of mass, especially the church I was at when I was really little, because they had a lot of priests still. And you could hear people's reaction when you thought which priest it was of like, ooh, mm -hmm. like this is the one who either the priest who gives really good homilies, the priest who is just okay at homilies, but his masses are like super fast. It was mm -hmm. like 35 minutes max. That was his goal to like get us out the door. And then there was the older guy who did these long rambling homilies may have been drinking before mass <laughs> getting into the communion mm. line and i remember my friend fell asleep one time at our girl scout mass she fell asleep during this guy's homily and my mom went to wake her up and her mom was like shh let her sleep we're gonna be here a while yeah. so i remember there being like one hot young priest at a church i went to and we, my sister and i would get excited whenever it was his turn that's always exciting like oh, it's father's house <laughs> yeah. ew how old were you i think we were in high school then i mean if he was a youngish priest yeah i mean it's something to look at <laughs> Matthew doesn't approve of this at all. Is it ever acceptable? Hey, have you watched Fleabag? It's fine now. That's true. Fleabag. But she's a grown-ass yeah. woman. <laughs> Leave me alone. I was advanced. Listen, I went to an all-girls high school, and if we are, there was any male under the age of, like, 40, we were like, did you guys see the, <laughs> you know, janitor in Seawing? So because we just had so few dudes around. That's so good. But I remember in morality class getting in, to bring it back to morality class. Always, um, please. Getting in arguments and asking questions and never really getting any real answers. You and Stephanie sounds very similar. Yeah, I had a fight with everybody. It all just seemed like I know religion and faith, like it's not a concrete thing. Mm -hmm. It's not at all. But I wanted some sort of better understanding as opposed to like just believe, like just have faith i have faith that i can like be a kind person i have faith that i can like treat others as they want to be treated mm -hmm. i believe i can do that and i believe if i do that then if there is a hell which i don't like i don't never say never <laughs> but like keep your hopes up. i don't think i'm going there there you go yeah unless i mean there's the gay thing <laughs> well Depends who you ask. In which case, hell sounds like an okay place. If, if yeah. that's where the gays are, that's where I want to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's a club. It's probably a Come party. <laughs> I think you're onto something, Anne. <laughs> See you guys all there. Yeah. Were all your classes taught by nuns? We had at Holy Cross, there was a nun that taught second grade. And then in high school, there was a nun who was a teacher there. She taught world religions, aka christianity around the world and then um the principal was a nun okay and they weren't in their habits and 
a whole getup. They weren't wearing long flowing skirts and cardigans. Mm. Yeah. We had the Sisters of Mercy at my high school and they did not wear a habit. They don't, since like Vatican II, they I think yeah. they don't wear a habit. They just yeah i kind of got that nun outfit of like i remember i had like a brown skirt in high school that i'd gotten from target like clearance section and i <laughs> came downstairs and i was like mom what do i look like and she was like a nun and i was like yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> so this good. was accidentally from the nun section whoops we're gonna get rid of oh that my gosh. <laughs> i do feel like now as my family gets older my grandparents are 93 oh wow and my dad is remarried now too and his wife goes to church a lot so he's kind of and I don't know what denomination I think it's I think she's Catholic so he's been going to church and he'll always say say your prayers I'm like my what (laughs) I've never heard you say that it just feels strange hearing my dad say that Mm -hmm. yeah my grandpa now and always has said some sort of grace before all our holiday meals it's only on holidays though (laughs) and um (laughs) my cousins and I are always like oh God, can we just get on with it? <laughs> it's just like the most uncomfortable, awkward. Right? Is it like a personalized grace every time? It's like a, we'll say like an, uh, maybe an Our Father. Oh. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Mixing stuff in. And then he'll be like, Dear Lord. And then just it downhill it just goes it goes on yeah there's like prayer and then just like we're gonna talk out into the ether that does sound like a production not a classic bless us the lord yeah no wow no catholics have it down real tight was it oh, there was a scene on a show it might have been mad men where there's like a catholic family and they have a priest over for dinner which is like a big deal and they say father will you say grace and he's like a younger hip priest <laughs> and he like comes up with some whole spiel uh, you know, about the food they're eating and then the the older mom is like that was nice father now will you say grace and he has to do the like bless the lord. lord of these thy gifts which you're about to all we want that's the standard that's hilarious that's all we need but then i also think about like where i am now i just don't i really don't even think about religion much in terms yeah. of like i understand why people find comfort in it and why people practice some sort of religion i just don't know that it's necessarily for me and my fiance grew up with like zero religion oh really that's what i was gonna ask yeah nothing so then we always talk like well if we have a kid or whatever what would that be this is the question it is i know you guys have talked about this and a part of me is like it feels weird to not just because how i grew up like it was just in school at least talked about knowing it exists in the world and it's out there to be raised without and having no just like unmentioned seems crazy to me too yeah i have friends who've grown up in like atheist households you know like especially when i have friends whose parents were like anti-religion who had had like bad religious experiences growing up and then grew up very atheist but i feel like those people who are raised in those households i mean first of all are like weirdly emotionally healthy i'm like what's wrong (laughs) yeah something's going on here (laughs) where's the guilt where's the shame except when it comes to religion i've had like several instances where i feel like a friend who grew up in that situation is like very uncomfortable with religion or like uncomfortable at a religious wedding you know and it's not like 
I won't say like growing up Catholic, then that just meant I was comfortable in like any religious setting. But I feel like I, I wasn't like scared of it. You know, um, I had a, something to compare it to and yeah. a way to understand it, at least a little. It, not that mm-hmm. things still didn't seem unusual to me like at a evangelical church or something but i you know i had something to like put it up next to i don't know yeah it's a hard thing to think of like my older son went to jewish preschool just we liked the program and it was like the hours that we liked and i actually really loved it because i was like how else it's really hard to explain to a three four year old there are different ways people believe you know like that's a hard concept to explain but like when he's going and just learn like he was learning hebrew and like sometimes he would say something and he had a speech delay and i was like am i not understanding him or is he speaking hebrew (laughs) (laughs) do i just not know this language but there was something nice about him even though it wasn't our religion it was just like oh he's learning about a religion and now this will be something he understands like he'll understand when someone talks about judaism yeah like at least there's some sort of foundation or understanding of what Mm -hmm. people are thinking in the world or how they're operating yeah stephanie you just and you call it ccd you went to ccd i went to ccd's classes i just called it catechism like we all just called it catechism oh maybe that's a regional thing because we definitely called it ccd not that i went but it was a thing called ccd so you're just judging the ccd yeah well i well not even judging i was just like why are these kids going to school to take religion class after school like our religion (laughs) class is in school in school Every day. Yeah. They only had to do it once a week, though. So That's that was probably true. Wow. We got a good point there. <laughs> I never really thought about that that way. <laughs> but, um, but it did make Sundays excruciatingly long. Because you were... You had to go to church and CCD on Sundays. There was one, t- one place we went to where it was like after school. And I remember being there like in the dark. At, I think it was at five o'clock or something. And it was very strange. I remember the teachers in grade school on certain days, they'd be like, make sure your desks are in order. <laughs> or the neighbor. The catechism kids. Make sure your desks are in order because catechism kids are coming yeah. in. And they're going to steal your stuff if you leave it out. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was always a little bit of the... These thieves. <laughs> These heathens. Well, it feels like you came out of Catholicism relatively not into it, but also like kind of unscathed. Not scarred? <laughs> not horribly broken by it, but or am, are you just downplaying? No, parts? I'm really not. I'm fine. Because <laughs> I would like some more drama. I need drama. <laughs> but there was never any like. That's good. In high school, when our school was small, I feel like. I am able to get along with everyone. So even the people who weren't my close friends, I knew I could make a comment to like make them laugh in class. Mm-hmm. I could get by on humor, even if they were like making fun of me behind my back. And I'm sure they were at some points, but I didn't care because I had mm-hmm. like my theater people and my art people that felt like whatever sort of community people find in church, I found in the arts and i think it's always been that way for me so i never felt sort of ostracized or whatever and i know the school was so small that like everybody would come like the basketball team the football team which is the same team just a different sport because it's the same kids playing (laughs) that like they would come see the shows because somebody they knew was in the show so like getting to make them laugh or like they would still say good job or congrats or whatever on monday like when you go back to the hell that is school and a, a normal curriculum and rehearsals over and you're like, oh my God, it's the worst feeling. But 
I never felt traumatized in any way. My my mom is always was always very accepting. I didn't come out till I was like maybe 20 to her. So I was already out in college, but she cried and I cried and then it was fine the next day. And <laughs> my dad, I never really even told because my uncle, his other brother, saw my Facebook and was like, your son's gay. Nice. <laughs> my dad was like, no, he's living with a cute girl. <laughs> it was like my best roommate at the yeah. time. <laughs> You're like... But um, he was like, no, I think you should get Facebook. (laughs) So I never even had that conversation with my dad or it's just like, he he knows. I kind of resented the fact that I had to ever tell anybody in the first place. Yeah. Why does this need to be a thing? Right. Like, I'm not a different person. I'm still an idiot. I'm still like the same person, you know? Right. And um, (laughs) so I just resented that. And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell him he knows. And that's, that's it? how that happened. He since brought it up. He's like, you know, <laughs> your Uncle Dave told me a while ago to yeah. I, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah, Uncle Dave told me that he told you and I know that you know and you know I know and we know that he knows. <laughs> so we're good. Yeah, nobody cares. It's fine. The small school sounds nice. I wonder if that made a difference too, of just like having a small community where everyone kind of knows everybody. I mean, I think it did too. And I think I had some cool factor already because my brother was like the cool basketball player. Um... Funny and social. So I knew his friends coming in so like he was a senior when I was a freshman so I could talk back to them Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a way that like the other freshmen couldn't right that does make you cool still I'm impressed by that maybe it gave me (laughs) no clout at all but in my mind I was a black star you thought it was doing it like I am the coolest it made that transition easier yeah and my brother was like you're doing musicals people are gonna think you're gay you're like yeah because i am (laughs) yeah i was like i was like i don't care what people think yeah in my mind i was like why would people think that and also who cares and also yeah they should think that because i think it'll make it easier on me (laughs) please think that so i don't have to like have a big coming out party yeah done with it I have a memory in eighth grade. I don't know where I was born this mature, but I had a memory. This is in the late 90s. One of my friends came over. It was like seventh or eighth grade. She came over to me and she was like, oh my gosh, I think I'll make up a name. I don't want to name this person. She was like, oh my gosh, I think Tim has a crush on me. And I just looked, I remember, this is like, I'm the lady with a cigarette now. I just looked at her and I go, no, I think Tim's gay. (laughs) And she was like, no, honey. Oh my God. I can't believe you said that. That's, and I was like, no, like no shade. Like he just factually, I think that's the situation. You're like, yeah, just his guy. It in fact was. Good for you. Great. I think he's an actor now, actually. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) One of the standout good people who came out of that school. But I was like, I don't know where some of us are just. (laughs) You just knew. That's hilarious. I think it was also just so focused on like whatever play we were doing at the time that I was like, I don't have time for these people's negativity. That's great that you had that, too. Truly. I mean, similarly, if it weren't for theater at my Catholic high school, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. But I almost got expelled for doing theater at that school. So that's a whole other story. Oh, geez. Do you want to share? (laughs) I can share. I mean, they didn't have a theater program. And so like we decided we would start one, me and my, the gay 
guy at school, like my friend, right? We're like, we're going to start the theater company. And we got permission to do a play. Now, there was no stage at my school, so we had to do it in the cafeteria. Like, no platform, like nothing, mm-hmm. just like in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And they only let us choose from a selection of plays written for third graders at first. Mm-hmm. So we did a play called The Right Stuff, W-R-I-T-E, about the kids doing a spelling bee. And I have to say, we actually did quite a good job. <laughs> I believe it. And then he and I decided we would enter ourselves into the thespian competition that they had in Central Florida, but our school wouldn't sign off on it. So we got our parents to kind of like forge some of the paperwork for it. And we like went undercover to like the thespian competition. And both of us like placed in like first, second, or third with our like monologue and scene, which is pretty good. And then we decided we would hold a fundraiser. For our drama club, we were then allowed to do the co-ed version of 12 Angry Men. Like, I think it was like 12, 12 jurors, jurors, 12 yeah. random jurors. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we were going to do that. So we were raising money for it. So we decided, we're like, we're going to put on a thing. So at our school, we were so under-supported. Like not a single person from the school came to see anything. Mm. So we decided we were going to do Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf for our fundraiser. Oh my gosh. That's good. <laughs> good for you how'd that go um we almost got expelled from school (laughs) (laughs) for art's sake did you do it you did a performance and like we did an abridged version but yeah i mean the only people that showed up were our parents um (laughs) i had friends at the from the public school that came they were like helping me sell tickets and then i think like the person who was like our drama club sponsor came and he was like um you can't be doing this for listeners who are not familiar do you want to point out some of the issues who's afraid of virginia wolf george and martha are have drinking heavily throughout an evening while they psychologically torture a young couple about their imaginary son yeah that's i guess that's kind of intense from from theater for young audiences to just some really hardcore hardcore stuff it's not like there's anything terrible. Like it's not like yeah. pornographic or right. violent. Well, a little violent, but like it's not that bad. But they're just like you're not allowed to do it. That's so stupid. We did Greece in. Um... Greece is actually dirty. <laughs> like that's much dirtier. Greece is problematic. <laughs> All kinds of problematic. Yeah, and there was I remember rumblings of Rizzo's pregnancy or something. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't remember what happened with that. <laughs> I think we actually, I think maybe we cut the pregnancy line or something. Oh. It's not like a big thing in there, right? I don't know. She thinks she's pregnant at the end. Yeah, I think they cut that part. But not the part where he like pressures her. Yeah, that suggests that you like pressure her for sex and stuff. Oh, that part's fine. No. Did she put up a fight? Yeah, we danced through the whole you thing. So ridiculous. We nailed that choreography. I bet um, you did. Were you Danny Zuko? Please tell me you were Danny Zuko. Are you kidding me? No. No. I was Beauty. Oh. We sing those magic changes. Yes. We had zero arts at my school until I got to high school. And then there was a huge, I mean, plenty of arts, including a huge theater department. But it was like very competitive, especially, I mean, for girls, obviously. Yeah. But we did used to have the, our final dress was always for the retired nuns who lived (laughs) on the premises. Oh my gosh. It was a pretty big theater auditorium of nuns who just would cheer and tell us it was just like Broadway, which was 
very sweet. It's the same. That's very kind. Exactly the same. I had a teacher in, um, it was my senior year, and we were doing Seussical the Musical, and I was the cat in the hat. And she taught, I think I was taking like chemistry. I don't know. That's how much I care. (laughs) And I was failing the class. She came and saw the show. And then she pulled me out of class on Monday, like the weekend after the show. And she said, you know, you're failing my class, right? And I said, yeah. And then she started crying. She goes, I understand that this is not what you want to do with your life. And after seeing the show, Mm -hmm. I know that that is what you're going to do. Oh, and then I started crying. Yes. And then she said, so I'm going to adjust your grade <gasps> to an A. What? And it's just your job to maintain it the rest of the semester. So that was in, wow. like, what, March? So I had, like, two more months to maintain it. I probably graduated with, like, a C in that class. ruined. Yeah, I, just, I destroyed that A. <laughs> um, but that was very nice. I should also say I'm, that- like, so weirdly jealous of you right now. <laughs> like, my teacher was like, you're expelled. And your yeah. the- your their teachers are like, we're just going to give you an A in another <laughs> class. Like, yeah. I you must be a better actor than me. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I acted my way out of failing chemistry class in high school. But I think one that goes back to like having a smaller class size. Yeah, that's true. So she just knew me. She knew my brother. She knew like it's all in the family, you know? Yeah. We've totally sidebarred from growing up Catholic, by the way. Well, I mean, it helped. Being a Catholic school shaped you. Do you feel like there are ways in which your Catholicism or just the Catholic school stuff still like shows up for you today in your personality. That's. I mean, it's hard to know. It's hard to know like, who would I be if I'd gone to public school? Yeah. I feel like somebody else would be able to answer that better for me. (laughs) I think I do try to lead with kindness as much as I Mm -hmm. like to joke and laugh and pretend to be a cruel person. I think I only get away with that (laughs) because I'm actually like not that at all. Hopefully. I would agree with that. Um... (laughs) For me, like, and I think for Anne, there's also like the amount of Catholicism we had like in our households Mm -hmm. and was reinforced in our family. Like it sort of shaped how we viewed the world, but that just doesn't seem to be quite the case for you. Like it didn't carry over to home as much. And maybe that's why it didn't shape it. Yeah, it felt kind of separate. Like I'm going to Catholic school and then I'm going home. Yeah. We're like, we're all just nice people. Yeah, I just saw my mom taking care of everyone and she became a second mom to all of our friends and just being like oh, a kind, nice great. person and making dinners for all of our friends that would come over at the same time after like for me, track or cross country or play practice rehearsal. <laughs> play practice. <laughs> you want to play practice? <laughs> I know we did. And then my stepsister's friends would come over after cheerleading. So we always had a house full of friends. And my, yeah. I just I kind of always saw my mom taking care of everyone. And some people, like, I think some of our friends call their mama Scott. Oh, that's really cute. Even though her our last name is Scott and her last name is not that anymore because she remarried. <laughs> She's like, but, whatever. Like, yeah. I'll take it. It just made sense. But I think that's more where I learned how to, like, be a human and function in the world as just, like, a generally nice, helpful, hopefully empathetic person. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily a school. Not that it was the opposite at school. It was probably the same because I had a lot of loving and understanding teachers. I was just like, oh, God, what is she going on about again with like whatever we were learning in religion class? I can't even think of a topic off my head. <laughs> I feel like all of my teachers were very supportive. I did have a teacher and she was my sixth grade teacher. 
And in eighth grade, at our eighth grade graduation, my grandma and I were walking to the car and she ran up out of the church and was like, Matthew, Matthew. And I stopped and she was like, you're a special kid. You understand that, right? And I go, oh, thank you. And she goes, I'm going to tear up talking about this. She goes, no, you're really a special person. And I said, oh, thank you again. Like, what am I supposed to say? And she said, you need to understand that, God, that you have a light about you that may be hard for some people to accept. And it it might be hard for a little bit, but it's going to be okay. And I, in my like eighth grade mind, didn't fully understand what she was saying. And now looking back on that, even in like when I got further into high school, I was like, oh, she she was like, you gay. <laughs> <You're> gay. <laughs> it might be hard for you. <laughs> I feel like that was a part of what she was saying. And they're like, it's going to be okay. Like, I see you and you're going to make it. Yeah. Which I've had more teachers like that than anybody that was saying who you are is not in line with our beliefs. Mm-hmm. That is so sweet. Yeah. Teachers are the best. They are. I mean, we all liked them enough to then go kind of, kind of teach. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or tried to do other things and then just ended up teaching because couldn't stop ourselves. But I do still cherish that time of all of us, specifically us all teaching together and being in a room together and collaborating with everyone. But I always thought if I can have an impact on one person the way that my theater teacher, Mrs. McKenna, shout out had on me or Mrs. Love had on me or Mrs. Downey who gave me an A, then (laughs) I will have done my job. Because I love you. This is all just like making me so happy that like that was your experience. I'm just like, oh, good. (laughs) Yay. I'm glad you were were cherished. Yeah. I mean, I understand that there's people who have totally opposite and horrible and traumatic experiences too. It just wasn't... I mean, everybody has their own experience, right? That's kind of what we keep exploring on this. It's just like, there is no one story. Yeah. And there's good and bad. And having just a good experience doesn't mean you're going to be a practicing Catholic. As opposed, And having a bad experience doesn't mean you're going to end up being lapsed. It could be a million different paths. Yeah. And I don't think back on any of it negatively, really. I just think like, no, it's not necessarily for me. After we finished our podcast with Father Anne last week whenever we did that it feels a long time ago we started talking about like the conversation between like lapsed people and people who are still practicing and like she was sort of talking about like is there a path back or what is the conversation and I just I didn't know what to say because I think I really identify with the way you sort of described it It was a lot of times it wasn't just like a big break with anything you're like it just never clicked in or it wasn't a big dramatic event always yeah I think I just kind of had a pretty clear sense of who I was from an early age as just a whole person so like I never really felt conflicted or whatever it was just like okay maybe that's not for me maybe there's something else for me well good for you for knowing that much about yourself i don't know if i could articulate it at the time but now looking no back, but you knew enough it's pretty healthy and discovering it as i just said it just now maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's what it is i mean you're immature in a lot of other ways so i'm so sick of you i can't do this hey, <laughs> hey when are we done here <laughs> the neighbor comes back yeah oh my gosh just for our listeners, this is the relationship that Stephanie and Matthew have. I'm telling you, you guys look like siblings, and it's a little bit of a sibling-like relationship, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't have that with either of you. 
We have our own thing. Like, <laughs> we all have our own thing. I feel like just go look at what's happening with my curly hair right now. No, I, it's like we all, all have curly, curly hair. That's true. Yeah, that really true. We're curly Catholics together. I think just going through a rehearsal process, one in that rehearsal process, I was like, oh, Stephanie's going to be in my life for a long time, like at our first read through. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, like, okay, well, we have to pretend to go through this journey together and we have to make out on stage. <laughs> we just have to get close real fast. And then, yeah. you know, like every rehearsal process has real issues that feel like so big in the moment. And then you're done with the show and you're like, why was I worrying about that so much? Right. I think we just bonded over the same issues that we just easily rag on each other is where I'm going with this. <laughs> we did. We had to bond quickly. And also we were supposedly in this play for a, a while. Our characters were and had to get more and more like dirty and messed up over the course of it. Yeah. And our costume designer came up with an ingenious thing. She got clay-based kitty litter. And she was like, every time you go off stage, just put a little more, get something wet and put some on you. Just and get dirtier just like, and dirtier. All the other actors were like, lightly dabbing their cheek a little bit. And Matthew and I were in the bathroom like, in our hair, yeah. over our body. These people were like contouring their cheekbones with mud. And I'm like, no, get it all like, over. Let's get, get in there. Yeah. I think the worse I look, in front of people, the better. So that'll bond you. Yeah. Next time we're together in person, and we'll just cover ourselves in kitty litter. And... I think that's a good plan. There yeah. we go. I feel like Matthew, thank you. No, what? Go ahead. I was no, gonna I'm try done. to end it, and then you interrupt me. Go for it. No, no, go ahead. We're. D- I think we're no, done no, no, here. No, no, no. I think no, no, we're no, no, done. No, no, no. <laughs> Matthew, when's the last time you found yourself at a Catholic church at a mass? Have you had to go back for any things, any weddings, any? funerals or have you been out since high school have you not returned um funerals i think the last one was a a wedding of a friend of ours back in chicago i don't remember the name of the church but it was giant and beautiful had they changed the moves yet had they changed some of the yes things were changed and i did have an internal struggle where i was like one i don't know what you're saying anymore like partially because it was changed and partially because i just blacked it all out like I don't remember <laughs> the words to these things just used to spacing out yeah. yeah but I did have an internal struggle of like do I take the Eucharist or not yeah I never took the wine I was like are you kidding no everybody's putting their lips on that chalice or whatever that's gross pre-covid nobody should be doing yeah, that and then they just wipe it with a napkin no thank you that doesn't do anything no. yeah but do I take the Eucharist or not and I didn't that time you didn't no it's always a struggle for me, too, because I'm like, on the one hand, I earned this. I went through your stuff as a seven-year-old or whatever. I think I just missed the feeling of getting it and then pressing it against the roof of your mouth and like scraping it off the roof of your mouth. It's like a very distinct. You enjoyed that? Yeah. Because oh. it gave me something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> it like woke me up back to the sensory seeking you need those candies have you had them the one that stephanie i there are candies they are called satellite oh and they look like puffy communion with sprinkles on the inside they rattle yes i have not had them but i've seen them they're pretty good if you're into communion my husband was like this is disgusting (laughs) and i was like you clearly did not grow up catholic because at the very least a catholic would appreciate how similar it is to communion it's a throwback it's like a eucharist ravioli <laughs> exactly <laughs> it is it is <laughs> all right friends well matthew thank you for joining us hey thank you thank truly thank you for having me 
I apologize to your listeners <laughs> <laughs> for whatever you just listened to. Thank you, Matthew. Hey, thank, thank you. Thank you. Come back anytime. Matthew, do you have uh, something for our collection basket? I do. Who should we be donating to? I feel like we'll all appreciate this. I, or you, I already appreciate it, but you're about to appreciate it. I chose the American <laughs> Alliance for Theater and Education. Nice. Oh, that's a good one. A-A-T-E. Like I said before, some people find a community in church, and I found it and found you in theater. Oh, oh man. I know some folks will be very excited about that plug. A-A-T-E. Yay. I love that. What a good surprise. That's a great one. All right. Well, we will put that in our show notes. Yes. We are on social, Laps Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, all of those things. Matthew, if people want to find you... Where can they go? You can find me on Instagram at Matthew Thomas Scott. Um, my confirmation name not included. Just He's a three first namer. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best kind. That's the actoriest type of name. It really yeah. is. And you also, you do headshots. You do the acting. You can yeah. do. That's what I was going to. Do you want to plug your photography? biz <laughs> sure if you're in new york you can also follow at matt scott shots i do headshot photography portrait photography hopefully i'll be in something soon that you can see me in <laughs> i'm working on it one day we'll have shows again but if you do get the chance to see him perform i highly recommend it yes i do too <laughs> <laughs> i highly recommend it so you have such a good sense of self it's, it's a nerd yeah. thing. <laughs> or maybe we'll see you on a uh, what was the bus shelters? Remember when you were in that campaign? Yeah. Side note, I was talking about this today because I was like, these are the things that <laughs> I get chosen to model. One was an energy drink where they painted me like a zombie and it was plastered all over Chicago. It was everywhere. Buses, trains. I know. It was so exciting. I would play like Spot Matthew. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> and then I just finished a thing today for a product that helps people poop easier. <laughs> you know that's what i think of when i think of you yeah some people feel called to the church and i feel called to this this is my calling (laughs) yep thank you find matthew find us uh if you have any theater catholic school stories please let us know if this resonated for you that's a whole subgenre for sure a podcast spinoff i see it in our future (laughs) all right friends well also with you also with you, Anne. And also with you. And with your spirit. What is I liked Father Anne's. I liked Father oh, Anne's. Yeah. Oh. Father Anne had a beautiful like benediction at the end. Yeah, it was very nice. It was like in the name of the good thing, other good thing. I can't remember right now. I feel bad. Yeah, that's what in the name of the other good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Quote Father Anne. <laughs> you know what? When I do the benediction. <laughs> yeah. In the name of the other good thing. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>